ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. I hope everyone is having a good start to their week. Hey, I've got a question for you. Are any of you familiar with the name of David Manning? If you don't know who David Manning is, David Manning is a film critic, or he used to be a film critic. Uh, He worked out of Connecticut, a small publishing company called the Ridgefield Press. Now, David Manning is responsible for such glowing reviews of A Knight's Tale. He described Heath Ledger as this year's hottest new star. Uh, It actually turned out he was pretty much correct about that. Heath Ledger did become a very big star, before his death, obviously. Um, He also wrote a review for Rob Schneider's The Animal. Uh, His blurb on that was, another winner. If you're not familiar with the movie The Animal, it was garbage. Um, I like Rob Schneider. Uh, That was a terrible, terrible movie. Now, critiquing a film is a matter of perspective. You're always going to have some people that just really, really love a movie. You're going to have some critics that really, really hate a movie, and that's going to run counter to what everybody else sees in that movie. Even movies that seem to be universally loved will have some critics that give it a bad review. The aggregate website Rotten Tomatoes, uh, they do not review movies themselves. They take all the reviews for a movie from their approved critics. It's not anybody that reviews a movie. They gather up all the reviews, and it's just a positive or a negative. Did they say it was a good movie, or did they say it was a bad movie? They don't get into, you know, four stars, or I give this a B plus. It's just, did they say it was a positive review, or did they say it was a negative review of the movie? And then, let's say you have ten reviews for that movie. If nine of them are positive and one of them are negative, the movie will get a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, because 90% of the reviews were positive. Uh, It does not mean that the people said it was a perfect movie. Uh, Even the movies that get 100%. That's not people saying this is the best movie ever. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Somebody could have given it a C+, but that is a positive review. So it would go down as a positive review for the Rotten Tomatoes aggregate score. You just want an example of this, uh, Jaws. Jaws is a universally loved classic. It's an excellent movie. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's at 98%. There are 93 reviews that make up that score, so 92 of the reviews were positive. But there was one critic that watched the original Jaws, basically just the perfect slow-burn horror movie, and said, eh, I didn't like it. So you're always going to have an oddball critic every once in a while. But if it seems very strange that David Manning could give a positive review to this schlocky little low-budget comedy starring Rob Schneider. There's a reason for that. There's also a reason that he only reviewed movies for Columbia Pictures, and there's also a reason that they were always positive reviews. And that's because David Manning did not exist. The Ridgefield Press does exist. Uh, It is in Connecticut. It's a weekly publication I don't know if it was a newspaper or a magazine, or is. It probably is still in business. But the Ridgefield Press is written by a father and son team named Mark and Jonathan Schumann. Somebody got to digging into David Manning's reviews and went to the Ridgefield Press to find out a little bit about him and maybe get an interview, at which time the Schumanns told this individual, there's nobody by the name of David Manning that works at this publication. A little bit further digging into the situation found that 
the marketing executive responsible for reviews for Columbia Pictures. He actually worked for Sony. Columbia Pictures is a subsidiary of Sony Pictures. Uh, The man was named Matthew Kramer. He just made up David Manning out of whole cloth and had people writing fraudulent reviews and putting them under his name. They attributed his work to the Ridgefield Press just to give him a little bit of credibility. But David Manning was just just a fictitious person that Sony was using to lie about their movies. In the world of corporate fraud, I feel like this is small potatoes. It's certainly nothing that anybody needs to go to prison over. Um, however, there were some legal backlashes from this. On August the 3rd, 2005, Sony agreed to an out-of-court settlement to a civil suit that was brought against the company because of these made-up reviews. The terms of the settlement was that Sony would refund $5 to each dissatisfied customer who had paid money to go see Hollow Man. Uh, Not a great film. I did enjoy Hollow Man. Uh, The Animal, we've already talked about how bad that movie was. Uh, The Patriot, um, that was good, a little bit blowhardy in my opinion, but A Knight's Tale, a lot of people like A Knight's Tale. I could not get into it. I did not like the use of modern music in that type of a movie. It's a bold choice, I'll give the director that, but it just didn't work in my opinion. It's strange and and stuff like that bumps you out of your immersion in a movie. It just, it felt wrong all the way through it and even as much as I like seeing Alan Tudyk in any movie, that just did not work. And Vertical Limit, uh, I have no recollection of that movie whatsoever. Uh, but Sony agreed that if anybody saw that movie or those movies and did not enjoy them, they would refund $5 of their of their ticket price back. Now, I'm not surprised that there are shenanigans going like that. There's probably stuff like that in the movie business going on all the time. It is very competitive you know, anytime you go to the movie, there are 10 movies playing. So they're, I mean, they're in direct competition. Very few people go see multiple movies in a month. I'm Now, me and my family don't go to movies very often in relation to other people. We might go see three, four movies a year, and that's that's on the high end. But it's a very competitive business, and I'm sure they're all pulling little stunts and tricks like this all the time. You know, one of the things they always tout is, you know, our movie the box office receipts, you know, air movies outperforming every other movie, or this movie broke the record for this weekend, or this is the highest grossing movie of all time. And there was always something I wondered, is this stuff adjusted for inflation or is this just the total amount of dollars spent? Because the movie E.T. was the highest grossing movie for a long, long time. And then I think uh, Avatar broke its record, or it may not have been Avatar, but about that time, another movie finally outgrossed E.T. And I sat down, I was thinking about this, you know, when I went to see E.T., a ticket at the movies was like $1.25. And now, unless you go to a matinee, if you go on a Friday night to see a movie, it's $13, $14, $15 where I'm at. I'm sure in bigger cities, it's even more than that. So 10 people going to see E.T. would count the same as one person going to see a movie in 2020. And I was just, could they possibly not be taking that into consideration? Well, the answer is 
no, they don't take that into consideration. It is strictly just the amount of money the movie takes in. It does not factor in the fact that a ticket is seven times more expensive now on average than it was when E.T. came out to the theaters. So I've got the list, and I'm just going to do the top ten. Uh, what is the official top grossing movies of all time? Uh, number ten is Frozen 2. I have kids and I have not seen Frozen 2, so I'm amazed that it got onto the list. Frozen 2 is credited with a $1.4 billion in gross. Number 9 was Furious 7 with a $1.5 billion. The Avengers at number 8 with $1.5 billion. Uh, Furious 7 was uh, $1,515,000. The Avengers was $1,518,000. The Lion King at $1.6 billion. Jurassic World, just slightly ahead of that, like $3 million ahead at $1.6. The Avengers Infinity War at $2 billion and $48 million. Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. I can't believe that that pile of garbage is on this list at two billion sixty-nine million. Titanic at number three at two point two billion. Avengers: Endgame at number two at two point seven billion. And Avatar is number one at two point eight billion. Now again, Avengers: Endgame came out last year. I don't remember exactly the ticket price. We did go to the matinee. I'm sure it was. maybe $9. If you take into account inflation, these are the actual most watched movies of all time. And the list is very different and pretty interesting, I think. Uh, Number 10 is Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Number 9 is The Exorcist. Number 8 is Dr. Zhivago. Number 7 is Jaws. We just talked about that. That's a fantastic movie. Number 6 is The Ten Commandments. Number five is Titanic. Number four is E.T., the extraterrestrial. Number three is The Sound of Music. Number two is Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. And number one is Gone with the Wind, way, way out in front of everybody else. And I didn't look up to see what a ticket price cost in the 20s or I don't, was it the 30s that... Gone with the Wind came out. I'm sure a ticket to Gone with the Wind would have been a quarter if it was even that much. And it is leaps and bounds ahead of every other movie as far as just tickets sold. Another thing to keep in mind is between Gone with the Wind coming out and today, the population has pretty much quadrupled. So you've got 25% of the possible clientele, and that is still far and away the most consumed movie ever made. Now, I can understand that they don't want to put that on the poster for a new movie coming out, saying, you know, this is not going to be anywhere near as enjoyable as a movie that came out 80 years ago. But it's still interesting to think about that that movie, as old as that movie is, nothing has come close to touching it. The thing that surprised me about both those lists the most was Titanic was still on both of those lists. Was Titanic really that good of a movie, people? I mean, I understand you've got a little bit of a crossover. You've got people that were going for the love story, and you've got people that were going just because they were sort of fascinated by the story of the Titanic. I understand the Titanic has really kind of taken hold of our imagination. 
I know for my entire life, you always hear about the Titanic. And of course, then when David Ballard found the wreck of the Titanic, that just blew it up that much more. But I mean, was Titanic really that good of a movie? I'm not certainly not saying it was a bad movie, but I'm really not all that impressed. I mean, was it really such a big deal that a mainstream movie like that showed full frontal nudity? I, I don't understand why Titanic is as loved as it is. I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy the movie. I just feel like that that's really... That movie is really overhyped, and I really don't care to hear that Celine Dion song one more time in my entire lifetime. I've, I have had it up to my eyebrows with that song. But the reason I'm talking about all this film industry stuff today is because we did something today that we had not done in a year and a half, and that was my family went to a movie theater and watched a movie. The last time that I had been to the movie theater, I took my son and daughter to see Onward, the Pixar movie that came out in February of 2020. Of course, the lockdown happened about a month after that movie came out. So that was the last time we went to see a movie in the theater. That was one year and six months ago. But we went to see Free Guy. Uh, It was very good. I recommend it if you'd like to go see it, if that's your cup of tea. I'm sure everybody wouldn't love it, uh, but I enjoyed it a lot. My son enjoyed it. My wife enjoyed it. It's it's a very good movie, and it was really nice to get back and see a movie in the theater. It's much more expensive than renting it on TV. I mean, anytime you're paying $6 for a bag of popcorn and $7 for a large Coke, you know you're going to drop a little bit of money, but it's just so much more of an event when you go to the theater. You're you're getting out of the house. You're going and doing something. I can cook a steak on the grill that is every bit as good as any restaurant I've ever been to. But the fact that I'm just sitting down and somebody's bringing me this steak, it changes it changes the dynamic of that meal. It makes it more than just some meat that I'm having for dinner that evening. And it's the same with the movies. It's It's a night out. You're going and doing something, even though all you're going to do is sit and watch something on a screen, which is exactly the same thing I would be doing if I was at the house. There is one other thing that's changed slightly as as well as ticket prices from when I was a kid and I went to CET. The theaters are amazing now, the newer theaters. You know, when I was a kid and you went to the movies, you sat on what was basically a folding chair that you would eat a meal in a church basement on had a little bit of padding. Uh, The backs came up just barely past your shoulder blades, and I'm not a tall person, and that's as far as they came up. They were just comfortable enough for you to make it through an hour and a half movie. The theater that we went to today has electric reclining seats. There is what amounts to an end table between each of those seats, so if you're sitting on the end and it's crowded, you're not rubbing shoulders with the stranger that happens to be sitting next to you. Everything has stadium seating now, so if there's tall people in front of you, I don't care how tall the person sitting in front of you is, you can't see them. Particularly at this theater because there's the seats and then there's actually a wall before it drops down to the next one. So it's like you're sitting alone even when all the rows in front of you are filled up. The theaters have really, really come a long way and the overall experience was just a a wonderful taste of something that in the recent history has been unavailable for us to enjoy. And with numbers jumping back up, I absolutely think that our government is going to start locking everything down again. Um, 
I'm sure Pennsylvania will do it quicker than most. I would say that California would have already reinitiated a lockdown, except that Gavin Newsom is facing a recall election, which in and of itself should be enough reason to recall him because either the lockdowns are necessary and he doesn't want to do it because he thinks that will hurt his chances, which means he's sacrificing people just so he might not get voted out of office, or the lockdowns do nothing and he just liked the power. Either one of those two means that he should not be in office. But lockdowns are coming. Um, They're ratcheting up the terror porn on the news every night. Uh, If you'll notice, they're talking about hospitalizations. I have not heard anything about deaths because deaths have basically stayed exactly the same. We have better treatments for this now. We know what to look for. Most people are vaccinated, which helps them, what keeps them from getting seriously ill But lockdowns are coming. Um, I've said before that I can't imagine the people that hold office now giving up power, and it looks like that they are not going too easily. They are not going to go quietly into that good night. So basically what I'm saying is, if you haven't been back to the theater since they've been open, and they have only been open a couple of months here in Pennsylvania, I strongly recommend you go do so. You're not going to have the opportunity for long, and once they get us back into quarantine, You know, the second time you do something to people, you're going to get less complaints because people start to become conditioned to it. And there's going to be less pressure on the government to knock this ignorant crap off. The people that are always screaming, follow the science. There's plenty of science that says quarantining healthy people does nothing to stop the spread of a disease. That never gets brought up. It's just, oh, if you want to go outside, you're killing your grandmother, which is a ridiculous and stupid statement. It's the kind of thing people say when they don't have a good argument with rational thought. They just want to yell something at you so you'll shut up. But if you have not been to the movies, please go do it. Enjoy yourself. Movies are supposed to be escapism from your problems. And you're getting ready. One of the problems you're about to have is that you're not going to be able to go enjoy that escapism. So please, ladies and gentlemen, go enjoy a movie while you still can. And that is about all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoy your week. I will talk to you again on Friday. Uh, If you enjoyed this show, please like, subscribe, and comment. And if you'd like to leave me a comment, you can do so at the Fresh Frozen Southerner Facebook page, or you can do so at freshfrozensoutherner at gmail.com. All right, guys, have a good one. Get out and enjoy your freedom while you still have it, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you very much.